Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Shut up and sit down. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. My name is Paul Abernathy. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, I'm excited because the influx of, I think it's finally come to realization in this electrical industry uh, for kids coming out of vocational schools that years and years and years ago when I graduated in, in the 80s, early 80s, um, it was, you have to go to college. And of course, I didn't go right away. Later, I changed that path and did that uh, educational thing, if you will. Um, but I was an electrician before I did that, and that really helped me because I was a master electrician. It allowed me to, to kind of knock out some lab work. Uh, probably wouldn't be allowed today, but it was then. Um, and so I've always had this love for electrical that started all the way back when I was in vocational school. And it was not like the vocational school was, was really different than the way they do it today. Although when I was there, it was, you know, it was five days a week. And the way I structured mine is that I had to go early to my regular school to knock out the prerequisite requirements of the English and the histories in order for me able to be able to spend full eight hours each day over at the vocational instead of just the morning session or the afternoon session. So I was uh, blessed that I had the ability to do that. And of course, I had an instructor that took me under his wing uh, and kind of mentored me. Uh, and uh, really pulled a lot of strings in order to get me to spend the majority of my time in my last two years of school uh, with him directly and in, in, uh, learning the electrical trade. And the man just had immense knowledge. He passed away a couple years ago. Um, and unfortunately, I was even uh, gone out of town and I didn't even know he'd passed. And so it really was because he was like a second father. But what I was able to, to get from that, and I believe everybody needs a mentor of some type, whether or not they know you're a mentor or not, whether they're a thousand miles away or they're right next door or they're in your house, whether it's your father, your brother, whatever it may be, um, sometimes we just need people to help push us, help motivate us, help lift us up when we're really feeling like crap, like, like we're studying like a dog and then all of a sudden we get a low grade on something and we just totally throw our our self-esteem to the to the pits you know we crap it we flush it down the toilet like the turd that it is and reality is uh, we're going to have those up and down moments 
So in order to try to minimize those up and down moments, today's episode, we're going to talk about planning and, and how to plan and study. And people have heard me talk about it before, is how you study for a purpose. So this episode is really gearing to those folks, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're studying for an exam. It could be that you're uh, on a large project, and you're a foreman, and you're getting ready to take it on. And so there's a process of studying the, 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 the site plans, the blueprints, the effort that it takes to make that job. Don't fly by the seat of your pants. Uh, there are documents and things that you can get up front to kind of get ahead of the curve so that there's no surprises. And as a foreman or an owner, uh, I'm doing this simply because I want all of my people under me to think that I just have total control of the situation, that there's no chaos, uh, keep, the, keep the chaos down on the job site, keep the rumor mills down. You need a strong leader, uh, that type of thing. And so, again, we, need, we have followers and we have leaders, and we've talked about that on previous episodes, but we're, we're kind of catering to the leader mentality. Those who are always pushing forward are surging in the code. And I find that most people that really, really, really deep in, dig deep into the NEC rather than just get their license and run out and just do work are those that are leaders. Now, God bless them. We need them both. But um, I like to focus on the leaders because I like to identify who's leader, who are willing to step outside of that comfort zone, uh, who are willing to take a charge, those type of things. Now, with that said, let's kind of pull it back a little bit to the helper, the apprentice, the journeyman, who are all studying. And you've heard me say this before. You're only going to be successful in retaining the information unless you're just happy with just getting your license and you don't want to do any more studying, except for when it comes time to do continuing ed. And usually there's not really a lot of studying involved in that. It's just kind of seat in a, your butt in a seat type of thing. Um, I cater to those that really want to learn. And... The reason I say this is because life can be stressful enough. Everything that we have going on uh, in your life can be an extremely stressful moment. Uh, life is what you make it. And when people say there's hell and there's heaven, I can tell you hell can be that on earth if you make it that way. It seems like everything is just not going your way. The last thing you want is in your trade where we're always trying to learn you don't want to have a situation where you're always stressed out about what's the answer in God, do I know somebody I can call? And you know, you can always call me and ask me. I'm more than happy to help. But I find that understanding concepts and principles and basic fundamentals uh, are great. Um, but you really have to know the code. And I get a lot of flack from people that say, Paul, you're just pushing the code. What about this and that? Well, take Ohm's Law, for example. It's not really all that heavy when you're dealing with the code that you deal with Ohm's Law. Exams are going to have questions on Ohm's Law. You need to know how to calculate series and parallel basic circuits uh, in for an exam. But when you get out in the real world, let's not, uh, and, and as much as you want to fool yourself, let's be real. There's not a lot of series and parallel calculations being done out in the field, okay? You're, if you're a commercial guy, you're following the plans, the engineers designed it, and you're just making sure you're complying to it. Uh, if you're residential, uh, I can tell you right now, if you tell me you do a lot of Ohm's Law calculations as a residential electrician, I'm going to tell you you're full of crap because I know better. I have wired enough homes in my life that it's simply a concept of laying out your circuits. Now, you might have a rule of thumb of how many receptacles you put on something, or you might have a rule of thumb of how many luminaires based on whatever the wattage is. And, and yes, you can do some uh, Watts Law calculations and come up with that type of thing. Uh, very few today even go through the process of doing that because they've done it so much 
that they know how many luminaires they can put on it. And there's only so many typically a house will have. So again, we can talk it, we can BS ourselves or we can be real. So when I teach people the code, I'm teaching you fundamental safety things. Okay. Not practical uh, things that have to do with uh, the calculation part of it. Although we do teach calculations, you have to know that. Okay. All of that's safety driven. If it's in the EC, then it's safety driven. My point is, you need to study the National Electrical Code to become a better electrician. I don't care what anybody says. It's proven fact that when you show issues of violations and whatever, you can say what you want and people can say all the stuff they want about you. It doesn't matter what they say. The reality is people always show a picture of a violation or they always show something that looks like crap or whatever. All of that, they're showing you it because it's a code issue. Not because of the skill or workmanship. Nobody looks at something that looks really beautiful. I, I get people that send me stuff, uh, that post stuff online, that show these pictures that are beautiful. But they're riddled with code violations. So it doesn't matter how beautiful it is, although that's one component, taking pride in what you do. I mean, I like that. But it's still got to be right, right? It's still got to be code compliant. It's a minimum safety standard. So I get a lot of people that say, well, you're just too code. You just harp on code too much. You know what? You can't escape it. Code is what it is. And I can tell you right now, if I'm an owner or I'm a foreman, I would teach my people as much code as possible on a regular basis because it is the fundamental backbone of making sure things are installed minimally safe. Whereas I don't get paid or my timeline doesn't get adjusted because some journeyman or helper or apprentice did something wrong. I need them to be trained. And so personally, when I was uh, had my crews um, and somebody did something wrong, I took it very personal as the master or the owner. I took it very personal uh, because... First of all, if I assigned them a task and I didn't think they were comfortable with it, that's on me. Uh, and so I made sure that I knew everybody in my team as owner. I knew every limitation of the people I worked with, and I was always pushing their limitations by giving them things. But I made sure that I didn't just say it, not do it. You know what I'm saying? If I had somebody wire up a transformer, I wouldn't say, hey, go wire up a transformer, grab a book, and you'll figure it out. Okay, I would literally explain to them the the applications H1, H2, H3 versus uh, X1, X. I, mean, I would literally go over the applications of the grounding and bonding, and then I would even explain to them the concepts of transformers, so that they're not just wiring it, but they understand it from the primary to secondary and the relationship. Now, I don't necessarily mean you have to go so deep in the turns ratio, four to one, two to one. Uh, in that concept, there's you know, double the windings in a two to one. I don't necessarily, it's good to know. And we have courses for that. And, but on the job, you need to show the fundamentals of why we're doing this. Why are we wiring this? How do we torque? Okay. Doing it right. So the apprentice knows, the journeyman knows the right way. Because if you start out teaching them the wrong way, then they're going to continue to just do it the wrong way. Okay. Until something happens. And then when you yell at them, whose fault is that? That's your fault. You're the one that's supposed to be teaching them. So, again, um, and then, of course, every school is different. So sometimes we have schools that teach really well, and sometimes we have schools that aren't, don't teach as well. Um, we have to take the good with the bad. Um, but let's talk a little bit about planning. So when you're preparing for an exam, you literally need, and you've heard me say this over and over, you have to prepare for a purpose. 
So whether or not you're using a structured course like our Fast Tracks course, or you're using a book that you might pick up from somewhere that has exam questions, if it's not a book that gives you code, uh, kind of teaches you the code, but just has nothing but code questions in it, probably not the best. It's okay for your last couple weeks and you're cramming for an exam. And I can create a structured program out of just code questions, and we do that. Um, but when it comes to really learning the code, you need a structured plan, a program that you, you either it's online or you log in and you actually follow it. And you get, you get people that check yourself every competency point. Uh, and that's what our Fast Tracks program does. Now, there's tons of programs out there on books and whatever. Just make sure that when you're using them, you're using them right. And that means if it's material that you're reading and then you have to answer questions, Make sure you're using the material that you read to answer the questions so that it solidifies. There's no sense in reading the material than answering the questions by using just the code book. You need to use the material in order to go back and read it because it was conveyed to you in a certain way to help you retain it. So in our courses, for example, the Fast Tracks, we use ballistic training. I mean, you read it, you listen to it, and you follow along, and then we check you at every point with competency reviews to see that you actually read the material. And I can tell whether or not you read the material or not. Uh, they're all graded by us here, uh, the competency is. So it's not like you're submitting it automated and you don't get any feedback. We'll tell you which ones you got wrong and, and give you the code reference. And we're hoping that you go back and look it up and say, oh, I get it. I understand now where I messed up. And that's a part of the learning process. We can only spoon feed you so much in the program. But if you're just getting a book and you're looking at it, then you need to plan how you study, and study with a purpose. And that means not always trying to take a question and just get it right right out the bat. Because a question that you look at and you know the answer right away doesn't do you any good. You already knew that answer. You need the question, whether you answer it right or wrong, is irrelevant during a study period because we need you to answer it and then we need you to dissect the question because that helps you look up the different keywords, the different target words, um, it helps you get more familiar with the index, which isn't a perfect world, but the index can be a starting point that helps you. Uh, a lot of the stuff on exams are based on hopefully by then. There's a reason why they require you to have a certain amount of, of book knowledge, uh, training knowledge, uh, because, again, if you had to look up every question in the NEC while you're taking an exam, you're not going to pass. You're just, you're just not. There's not enough time. If you dedicate two minutes to every question, and, and, and you're just going to run out of time. So you build yourself some time. And we talk about that. Uh, and if you haven't listened to those videos or podcasts, check out our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. Everything we have is master the NEC, by the way, whether you're going to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, whatever. Um, and you'll see that we have tons of podcasts and videos that talk about examining the root and and, you know, it's not a perfect solution, but it gets you there. It, it gives you a starting point to develop a plan. And so no matter who you're using, whether it's ours or somebody else, it doesn't matter. You want to study with a purpose. So if I'm going through a structured program, then you're going through and you're reading the material and you're answering questions, you're highlighting things, you're asking us questions if there's something you don't understand. Uh, you're interacting. And then you move into competency reviews and things like that. But Here's what you want to do. If you're not going to have that kind of material and you get a hold of code questions, 
at least with these code questions, you want to dissect every question. It's not about, at this point, you're not at the timing stage. I'll give you an example. In our Fast Tracks program, and this is where people get confused, we have a bunch of questions, okay? There's only certain ones that are timed, and that's done for a reason, okay? This, is, this wasn't just fly-by-night, okay? Cengage is a leader in online product LMS backbones, and we've just enhanced it at Electrical Code Academy. We've added stuff in there at certain key areas. We've turned stuff on. We've turned stuff off that's important. But the key is you've got a bunch of practice exams, and you've got three timed exams. And then your section exams are timed. So, But the practice exams, they're there for you to utilize by looking up the answer and not moving forward until you feel comfortable with the answer. It's not a speed game. That's why it takes you time to learn. Now, people out there will tell you, oh, no, it's about the timed question. It's about the time question. They are full of crap. The timed questions is important for the exam. And as you move closer, it is important for you to start timing to make sure that you're answering or, or utilizing the keywords and key phrases and understanding the code, but not during the training process, which I say takes a minimum of 90 days. Now, you can do it quicker. Obviously, people do. Uh, spend more time in it till you're just nauseated by something. But if you do it and follow the structure right, you're not so much under a timed gun because that's what causes people to get very stressed out. You need to learn how to navigate. And that's what our process is doing, teaching you how to navigate. Then once you start feeling really comfortable, you'll know when you start hitting those questions and you don't need as much time, you'll be like, whoa, dude, I found that quick. And you move on. Then you know it's time to move on to your final exams and, and take the timed stuff. And uh, it's a progression. And it just becomes natural. And we call it here, we call it ballistic training. Um, we coined that phrase a couple years ago when, it, when we said, look, let's put together how we look at something. Whether it's listening to it, because all of our programs allow you to hear the speech. Okay, it's integrated into it. Don't need something on your Windows computer. It's built into the program. So you can listen to it, and if you highlight it and you click read aloud, you actually will see like a, a highlighted text move across, and you read it at the same pace that it's doing it, listening to it, and that's kind of something that locks it in. Uh, again, I am not a person that deals with the crash courses. Um, I'm not a person that deals with, uh, I just need to learn something in a weekend. That's other people can do that for you. It's not what I'm all about. I'm all about retaining the information long term. I can tell you right now, I get calls from people at least three, four times a week that say I paid this, 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 five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars to weekend a weekend course and had to stay somewhere and travel. And that's fine if you feel that that's going to give you that little edge at the end. The problem is the most people that call me say I didn't learn anything. I tried to learn how to memorize something, but there were so many tabs in my book that it totally became. There's a process where you can put too many tabs and have way too much highlighting in your book, and it causes uh, a reverse effect. It doesn't stick out to you, and that's a problem. We want highlighting to stick out to you. So there's a right way and there's a wrong way to highlight in your book, and it seems subtle, and so many educators around the country are just so hyped up on highlighting everything that you actually lose the reason why you highlighted something. There is a, there is a reason why we're highlighting and so we have to remember when we're highlighting, why are we doing it? What's the purpose of it? Why are we underlining something? If we have a, something that we can underline because it's important, then we need to focus on why we're underlining it. 
and not draw away from that by way too much highlighting. So go for those key terms, go for those key things that are going to make something stick out. And that's how we approach it. Okay. So if that intrigues you, we have other videos, we have other uh, podcasts on the concept of exam preparation, how to do what we call the three wave method, uh, which is how you move through it. That's not a, uh, that's, that's not nothing we invented. That's pretty much talked about all through the industry, but it's important because you need, you need to go through the exam so that, you know, I don't know how many people that call me, they get their exam, they get on their exam and the, they, they're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. And then the very first question they get, the very first question they get is a, is a, is a, is a stumper question, right? And they're like, right? All of their, all their excitement, all their enthusiasm, all their, I'm prepared, I'm ready, just goes right out the damn window. It just, now they're paralyzed. And so now they get into what's paralysis by analysis and they're looking at every single question differently. And now their time is just ticking, ticking. ticking. And usually on these exams, you got a little timer up in the top corner and you see that just clicking down. And literally it's almost like you hear it pounding in your head. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And so then at the end, you start guessing. And guessing is not so bad if it's an educated guess and you're, you're increasing your odds uh, by removing obvious wrong answers. And you now you have a 50-50. Okay, it's a 50-50. Um, but you have a 25% chance of getting it right by just guessing uh, if you have four responses there. And it's not the way to go into an exam. So um, we talk about all that. Uh, so again, to kind of wrap this up, because most people don't listen to the entire podcast that I do, uh, just the first part of it. I, under, I don't understand that. But anyway, I listen to every podcast that I listen to from the beginning to end. That's just how I listen. Um, but um, you want to make sure that no matter how you study, you study at a planned purpose. You don't just go flipping through the NEC. That's not going to work. You're never going to remember it. Okay. It doesn't have any meaning to you. And we learn things from significant meaning. So study with a purpose. If you're going to use just exam questions, then you need to make sure that you literally dissect that. It doesn't matter whether you answer it right or wrong. You use the information in the question to dissect where the answer is and you take whatever time you need because I'm going to promise you something. During that period, the more that you're flipping through the NEC with a purpose, right, with a mission to find an answer, you'll be surprised at the stuff you'll come across that'll get locked in your head, okay, rather than just flipping through, all right? So hopefully you got something out of that, folks. And uh, uh, again, uh, you can always check us out on masterthenec.com or electricalcodeacademy.com or .net, whatever. Uh, and uh, check us out on our Facebook pages, Master the NEC. If you're exam prep, we have a forum called uh, Master the NEC Exam Prep Forum. Search for all that on our Facebook page. Check it out. Uh, we are on uh, LinkedIn. Check it out. My name is Paul Abernathy. Hook up with me. Only people in the electrical industry can hook up with me on LinkedIn. I don't connect with anybody else, just electrical people. Uh, and then, of course, Instagram is Master the NEC as well. Of course, Twitter is Master the NEC, although we have Electrician TV as well for the Electrician Live Show. Just a bunch of things. But don't forget our YouTube channel. That's where you get all of our videos, all of our streams during the week where we do exam prep during, uh, usually during the week. Uh, we do product demos on Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Saturdays are our live shows at 8.30. Um, excuse me, 8 Central Standard Time. I don't know where I got 8.30 at. Um, so we're excited about all those things. Hopefully you will too. And hopefully you remember, study, 
for a purpose. Study with a plan, and you have a much better chance at succeeding at what you're trying to do. Till next time, folks, stay safe. God bless. Shut up and sit down. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.